Let me be clear, unequivocally and under oath, not once in my 26 years of defending our nation did my personal opinions impact any official action I took. There was only one clear winner today in a spectacle of a hearing, and that really was Vladimir Putin. He's sitting back, pleased with his intelligence services. It's sowing discord and disarray. That's their objective. And they couldn't, in, even in their wildest strategy sessions, have dreamed that this would turn up, turn, turn up into an FBI counterintelligence official being berated and denigrated by, by the Congress. Th this is the clear winner today. What we saw today was partisan politics at its very worst. And what we saw was an FBI agent trying to defend his personal political opinions against a, a tirade uh, of, of uh, political partisans putting their own political and self-interest above those of the national interest. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian! Yeah, Brian! Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody. The double dose for the week of July 16th. Had a show on Monday and a show on Wednesday the 18th. Had to make up for the one that I missed the week before, and that's not why I did it. There was lots to talk about. There's a little bit of back and forth online social media about Monday's podcast that I'll touch on briefly here shortly. Thank you for finding the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Things are back to normal in my world. I know in other people's worlds, it's much more difficult to get back to quote-unquote normal after the tragedy here locally. Uh, as I talked about in the previous podcast, Hunter was not a friend. I mean, I never I never truly properly met, met the man. And um, so while I'm sad and I feel terrible for all my friends, that was the reason for doing the podcast. And that was the, my moment to kind of express those feelings. And after that, it's it's kind of back to business as usual. Um, that's that's kind of how we operate in in our society. And I don't. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying if something doesn't directly affect you, sometimes it's easy to move away from. And a perfect example of that would be. And I wish I still had the audio. I'd play it now. Or of the reporter from the um, the Capital Gazette from Maryland, the shooting at the newspaper. When she said, what is this going to be a story for like seven days? And then everybody's going to move on for this and nothing's going to happen. And then she uh, uh, infamous, infamously, if I can say it right, said this. Thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck about them if there's nothing else. And she was absolutely right. We moved on from that story. Nobody knows or cares or thinks anything about that shooting at that uh, newspaper. And I'm not surprised. I, I fully expected that. And that's just kind of the way we work. We go from one shock value, shock and awe uh, to the next. And um, again, sometimes that's sometimes that's heartless, and sometimes that's just that's just business as usual. That's just the way that works. Let's see. Coming up on the show today, I'll I'll lay it out here in just a minute. Um, as far as the three, it's a three segment show. Uh, a couple of things I want to touch on here at the very beginning. And then in the first segment, going to talk about just kind of catch up on some things like the Supreme Court uh, nomination, Trump and Putin and Russia, and try to get a better perspective here of what's going on with this meddling in this Russia and uh, and whether they are or not cyber attacking us, basically. And everybody's looking at this. Uh, not everybody. Lots and lots of people are looking at this from the wrong angle. And I'll dissect that here up into the second half of the first segment. Uh, so there's a shooting over at Coyote Jacks. Shocked. Stunned beyond belief. Said nobody ever. Uh, Coyote Jacks downtown Chattanooga on, uh, it's on Cowart. It's across the street from my work um, at Cherokee Distributing off Broad Street, uh, just down from the Chattanooga in a really classy, good area of town. And just, just trash, just garbage goes to this place. I don't know how these basically, they're for... 
without having sufficient proof to to prove it, they're they're absolutely they're storefronts for drug money. They're they're I don't know how they're funded or what kind of sleaze bags run these kinds of joints that come in and out of town, usually on Brainerd Road. But now now they have figured out a way to put a cocaine fueled, uh, booze infused. A downtown nightclub that is just constantly having people pulling guns out and shooting the damn things. And you know me and guns. I'm saying get in there and shut the damn place down. John Collins or whatever your name is with the with the beer board, ABC, get in there and shut this damn place down. You can't have gunshots in the middle of the night in a good part of town. We can't have gunshots in any part of town, but certainly not around there. So I don't have a lot more to go into it on that. No one got killed. Uh, so shockingly enough, there was a lot of gunfire. There was a... Uh, cell phone video footage that was kind of virally locally uh, on facebook i saw but jesus just put shut the damn place down come on man we can't have that kind of stuff downtown all right let's see what else oh yeah that my buddy over there at baxter's out in hickson if you remember the end of last year he pulled one of those fake outrage things about the anthem and the players some of them just a handful small amount of them taking the knee and he said he wasn't going to play the games on his TVs at his restaurant anymore, and then he got the news out there, and they did a big, big vignette on it, and uh, the thing was, is it's not a place anybody would go watch uh, football anyway, there was like one TV in there, they didn't even, ser- they stopped serving booze, and the place was just sucking wind, trying to stay afloat, so he's coming up with any idea to try to make a, 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 a PR stunt, and he's out of business, so I can't say that I'm really disappointed to hear that. So just an update on my buddy out there at Baxter's Burgers or whatever it was called. Uh, let's see. Chattanooga is one of the worst-run cities. I'll get to that in the final segment of the show. Just quickly t- touch on it. And uh, let's see. All right. So first segment I already laid out. Second segment is going to be a lot of audio from the hearing of the FBI agent from last week. Peter Struck is how you say his name. It's S-T-R-Z-O-K. Peter Struck who had some text messages basically confirming that he doesn't like the president and doesn't never wanted him to be president. And so, therefore, that means he is absolutely positively biased in his FBI uh, detective work, which is not necessarily at all true. It could be true, but it's not necessarily true. And that's what these hearings were for, 10 hours of them. I got a bunch of audio from it and uh, going to have a little bit of fun with it because in the end, it, it was just a TV show. It's really what a lot of Congress has become. It's been, everybody's being emboldened by Trump. Trump has turned our uh, our government into a television program, and part of that is is because that's what we want. That's what the constituents want. So they're they're giving us what we want. So we'll get to that here in the second segment, and in the final segment. If you guys promise not to tell anybody, I'm gonna whisper. Don't tell anybody this, okay? For some reason, the Chattanooga Times Free Press is delivering me a newspaper daily every day. I don't know why. I didn't ask to be re uh, renewed. And um, I'm not paying for it, but I'm getting a paper every day. And I think that's pretty cool. So don't tell them, all right? Thanks. So anyway, I'm getting the paper coming again. So I decided to go through it over the course of the last, I don't know, 10 days to two weeks, 10 to 14 days or so, and pull out stories that you likely didn't hear anywhere else. It's a segment full of stories you would have known had you been reading the Chattanooga Times Free Press. That'll be at the tail end. But so I got my, my uh, not new, but my iPad back working again where I have my sound clips and it's just a hotkey button I can just punch in just like you're using any kind of touchscreen. And I'm going to be using this more often as the shows go along. It's so much fun. It's a lot easier when the producer does this and the host just hosts the show and then the producer's in control of this other part. Unfortunately, I don't have it. I am the producer, so I have to do both. So I started digging around and, and, and have a few loaded up here and I'll get more loaded up after time. But so like when I did this, uh, the podcast about Nick Lutzko being featured on Alex Jones show after he, he punk, poked fun of him with those, um, Super Deluxe videos, I, I found this that I saved for the super quick hit audio bite. The amazing artist, Nick Lutzko. So things like that will stick around. This is from the show when I had um, Wax Fang in, and he uh, Wax Fang had a song, a band, had a song on American Dad, the television show on Fox, and there was a couple clips from that I kept. You fail. Clearly that can work in a lot of different places. Selfish, inconsiderate jerk. That can certainly fall into uh, into context somewhere or not into context somewhere. This is a friend of mine who left us a voicemail on a, or on a Snapchat, I think. Whatever, dude. That'll come in uh, handy somewhere. And these are a couple of, that I found from my shows the last couple of weeks when I went back through them. And it's me, and I thought it was kind of funny and should, should have at least held on to. Maybe funny's the wrong word, but just 
useful at some point. What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. <laughs> I figure that'll come into play somewhere. And then my favorite, and any, you know, anybody out there that doesn't like the GDs, you're not going to like this, but uh, sorry, it's going to get used from time to time. God damn it, I'm pissed off! So I think that's going to pop up every now and again when uh, when it warrants. God damn it, I'm pissed off! So there'll be more audio that I'll be adding to this hotkey page to kind of just add a little extra, I don't know what you want to call that, a little flair, if you will. All right, so let's get started here into the first segment. So a couple of different things. First, the Supreme Court nomination of Kavanaugh. can't even remember the guy's first name. Um it doesn't seem to be that big a deal as far as it doesn't seem to be any kind of extreme. It does seem to be that there's a history of a little bit of moderation there. Not a lot, not a lot, granted, but maybe a little bit. Uh, I, I've always been a little confused about the Supreme Court and law in general. I, I don't have a strong understanding of the history of the Supreme Court. I do believe that surely there's been many times since 1973 that it's been in favor of five to four or whatever the number might be towards the conservative right. Um, I don't, again, don't have that historical factual information in front of me. I'm sure it's true. And Roe versus Wade never got overturned before that or ever came back up. Um, so I'll just leave that there. I'm, I'm not overly concerned with that. I, I know that it's important and I know that it's a generational decision, but I'm still not that overly concerned about it. What I do find a little bit interesting uh, never really put a ton of thought into it, is that why would we ever let somebody be eligible for the Supreme Court if they showed a strong bias in any kind of partisan way? I, that part I, it confuses me a little bit. I know everybody's got their own perception, and I know opinions come in all shapes and forms and sizes, but if you're a the supreme ruler of law, um, shouldn't you be one of the most moderate people Ever? I mean, right? I mean, why is it that we get to just depending on who the administration is, make sure we stack a deck either way? It, it seems to me that if you are a, a strong conservative right leaning Republican or a strong left leaning liberal and your and your your decision making proves that. To me, it seems like that should somehow make you not very eligible or eligible at all. For the Supreme Court. Again, forgive my ignorance. Um, it seems to me that laws are laws, whether you're Republican or Democrat. You know, and I, I do know it gets it gets a little bit more uh, complicated from that level. We're not just talking about breaking the speed limit here. We're not just talking about, you know, murder or DUI. We're talking about things that are much more complicated. I do understand that. So I guess not having a strong opinion, I should probably move away from it, which is what I, I, I guess I will do. But what is kind of muddy the waters here is what Trump has done out over in um, at the summit and with Putin and the way he's reacting towards other world leaders. It is quite strange. It's not surprising. It's not surprising at all. Um, we have elected a constituent. Um, we have elected somebody who's not a politician. And I've been talking about this for years now is that you wouldn't. You wouldn't hire somebody to fix your car who doesn't know how to fix a car. And you wouldn't hire a uh, or go to a doctor to treat you who doesn't have knowledge or understanding or educational requirements to treat you with, uh, you know, with medicine and uh, and procedures. And you shouldn't elect a president who doesn't have a lick of experience in uh, in any kind of uh, on any level. Uh, of politics it's 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 not good it's not a good idea it's a very very complicated job don trump doesn't know what he's doing he's just being himself you know i've talked about in the past can you just stop being you for a minute i've heard that so many times over my life uh could you just stop being you for a minute hey, hey do me a favor while we discuss this situation can you just stop being you just for a minute please well don trump's never going to stop just being him and Politicians are not dumb people. Politicians, generally speaking, are very, very educated people, highly educated people, often lawyers, the kind of education levels that regular assholes walking around couldn't even imagine trying to do. It's their constituents that are so damn stupid. It's the electorate 
that are a bunch of damn morons. And they have to play to their intelligence level. They have to play to who the audience is. And that's what they do. And so is Don Trump a smart guy? I don't know. I mean, he's he's not a total idiot, but he is he's mentally ill. Uh, he is a demagogue. He's a maniacal demagogue. Uh, he is a narcissist. He's all those things, right? I mean, we all know that. But he's not a good president just in the sense he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how to do it. And we shouldn't elect people who don't know how to do it. Anywho. All right. So as far as the Russian thing goes, this is a lot like the uh, the global warming debate and who's responsible for the global warming, which global warming is the wrong terminology all the way around. It's it's global, uh, global climate crisis. It's, it's global climate change. It's the science and the study and the understanding of how human beings are affecting the atmosphere and the climate and the wrong arguments are had all the time on uh, on different levels we are affecting the climate global climate change and the way we affect it by polluting the atmosphere is real it can't be argued it's absolutely factual science but that's not what the narrative talking points is it's oh boy it's global warming oh it's so cold now what about that global warming it's just a bunch of numb nuts walking around talking about something they don't know anything about and that is what is happening with this Russian meddling in the election uh, narrative. It's, it's completely off. It's completely off. The idea that somehow, some way, Don Trump had the mental capacity and the, uh, the wherewithal to somehow figure out a way to collude the Russians to win the 2016 election is the most laughable for real fake news bullshit you've ever been fed by any news network, by any online viral meme, by any one of your friends, by any anything you voice, social media you hear out there. There's nothing more fake than the, the narrative that Don Trump somehow or his administration or, or his campaign and his people and somehow, somewhere, somebody figured out a way to mastermind this rigged election for him to win the presidency. That's the most laughable, absurd, foolish idea, concept, narrative you're ever going to hear. But that's, generally speaking, what you hear. That's what, I mean, I'm an MSNBC guy, right? I mean, I like to hang out with those that I, that I know and I like, and I like Brian Williams, and I, I like a lot of the people on that network, and I watch some of the stuff they're doing. I'm like, that's not what this is! That's not what this is! Stop saying that. What it is, is cyber attacks. It is cyber attacks on this country. There is, there is no doubt about that. That is happening. That's not why Don Trump is president, but that is happening. It is real. It's not fake. And so then the narrative on the other side is, oh, you, you know, you think that Donald Trump's president because he, he colluded with the Russians? No, People who have any kind of brain functioning above their shoulders don't think that. But then some people who actually do have brains that function above their shoulders actually some re- somehow do think that because that's a narrative they keep hearing. We used to talk about it at the old radio station all the time. Is that the, to hell with hijacking planes and spending you know a decade or two decades on training and spending millions and million, tens of millions of dollars on training people to, on suicide missions to smash into planes and in, into high-rise buildings in New York. Why do that? That's a lot of work. Don't do that. Get computer scientists to cyber attack America. That's where the next major attack on the country is, is cyber attacks. Meltdowns of banking industries and, and, and the stock market. And just think about it. That's where the next major cyber attack, a terrorist attack is coming from, is a cyber attack. It's far more detrimental than some some people dead as far as the ripple effects and how it, how it affects millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. And so, yes, of course... The, the Russians are cyber attacking us. They have been. For, you do not get the Facebook requests from people that you'd have no idea who they are. And some not there. And it's not always porn. Sometimes it's just random. It's just random people, fake 
profiles. I was reading something the other day. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was, uh, it was, it was so interesting, and it made perfect sense from some of the stuff I've seen over the years, is that there's these bots and these companies and these, these hacking uh, gangs, I guess, for back of, lack of a better way of putting it, that put together fake news um, organizations, Twitter handles, profiles on Facebook, Snapchat, all, all Instagram, and they and they make uh, they they build trust and they spend years potentially up that that long of of putting out real news and factual news and building relationships amongst their followers and their um and and their their online friends and all likes and favorites and all those things and then slip in things that are fake throughout and they get busted and they shut it down they start to 100 more and people just can't wait to like and share and look at things before you know it this what seems like a reputable source and is spent potentially years convincing you that it is a reputable source is putting out bogus information that is happening by the hundreds of thousands a day that is happening every minute of every day, every hour of every day, computer scientists and hackers worldwide for various reasons. I can't explain it. I've never understood how putting bogus, you know, I'll sleep with you if you click on this link and now you've got malware and how that equals money. Like, how does that equal like you do this and if you do this, then you get paid. Like, I don't I don't understand the process and why people do it. And I don't understand the hacker uh, underbelly underworld the dark web and all those things but it's very real and it's the new version of organized crime from the mafia uh, you know 75 50 20 even 40 whatever odd years ago it is the new organized crime and it's international and yes these indictments are real and trump because the narrative is so messed up this is why i'm saying the guy's not all that smart if he was that smart he would say listen dicks this isn't about the the election of course i didn't collude but yeah, the Russians probably are hacking us because that's what they do. The Russians have been trying to screw us over since the Cold War ended. Or since the Cold War began, I should say. I'm sorry. And really, since the French-American War and the War, war of 1812 and the, the for, for all of history, they've been an adversary. If Trump was smart and if his campaign wasn't so jacked up in what the narrative is, they say, listen, numbnuts, you think that I actually colluded with Russia? You're crazy. But yeah, are they are they are they cyber attacking us potentially and to maybe have something bigger in mind? You're damn right they do, and we're gonna figure out who it is. I'm telling you, a, an intelligent, well-run administration would say something like that. Because that's what's happening here. That's the case, that's the situation. But yeah, no, we gotta run around and talk about oh Trump, Trump, hey, they rigged our election. No, they didn't. We had the worst Democratic nomination in the history of our electoral process against the most unconventional, odd, weird situation in in our electoral process going. And it turned into an absolute epic disaster is what happened. It is laughable. It's 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 laughable. If it wasn't so serious, I'd be laughing right now. Donald Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election. What? Who's making this up? Of course he's screaming fake news because that is fake. That's not real. But cyber attacks are real and vulnerability on the Internet is very real. And we're going to find out the hard way if we don't take these indictments serious and if we continue to undermine the FBI and the Department of Justice and the people who are paid big money and are highly educated in this in, in, in the CIA and all our departments. If we just continue to undermine ourselves, we continue to undermine our media. We continue to undermine all the facets that make this thing work with the people who are trained, professionally trained, to do what they're doing. And people continue to be emboldened by a bombastic, loud child. Something bad's going to happen. Just wait. Just wait and see. Something bad is going to happen in a cyber attack because the narrative is all wrong. But what this president is doing is not destructive forever. Four years is not a long time. All right, guys, just always remind yourself that. I mean, snap your fingers. It was 2016 the other day. It'll be 2018 next week. I mean, it, 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 we can correct this. This could be a blip in oddball history. You know, we'll have big fat sec section in the uh, textbook or in the uh, whatever electronic device that tells us our history in 100 years from now. Um, four years is no big deal. And really, eight years isn't that big a deal either, even though it, that starts to become a significant period of stretch of time once you get close to a decade. I mean, a decade can define an era. 
But, uh, you know, this, this, this isn't, we're not being dis- destroyed as a country, as a democracy, as a cultural, cultural, societal, uh, shifting kind of place. It, we're we're going to be fine, I, I'm pretty sure, but you just got to start realizing this is, this is nonsense. Like, the things that are going on here, he's getting more and more um, brave as he goes along. The, 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 his little circle of, you know, the propaganda types that go to his rallies and hoot and holler, they're getting more emboldened. A lot of the um, the politicians running on smaller tickets are starting to use that same verbiage, but that's still such a small percentage of the country who who actually truly looks at that and ha- gives it any kind of uh, of validity outside of the fact that it it is valid that he's president. So I don't know. Didn't think we'd ever get to this point, but we have. I'll leave you with the words of Eddie Vedder on a song called Bush Leaguer from 2003 at the end of this segment. And I'll tell you, coming up next, more of this and undermining our FBI is dangerous. And it was a shit show at this hearing of this FBI agent. And I'll get to that coming up next. A think tank of aloof multiplication, a nicotine wish, and a Columbus decanter. Retrenchment, hoggishness, the aristocrat choir sings, what's the ruckus? The haves have not a clue. The immenseness of suffering and the odd negotiation of rarity with onion skin plausibility of life and a keyboard reaffirmation. any improper behavior in me any more than I would tolerate it in them. That is who we are as the FBI. And the suggestion that I, in some dark chamber somewhere in the FBI, would somehow cast aside all of these procedures, all of these safeguards, and somehow be able to do this is astounding to me. It simply couldn't happen. And the proposition that that is going on, that it might occur anywhere in the FBI, deeply corrodes what the FBI is in American society, the effectiveness of their mission, and it is deeply destructive. She's watching the detectives. Ooh, it's so cute. She's watching the detectives. Elvis Costello watching the detectives. On Alt 98.7, I probably could have got a better version than that. That's a little tingy. Sorry about that. Welcome back to the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for July 18th, 2018, a double dose this week. Appreciate you finding the most listened to podcast in the city. So this was last week. A lot of audio going to play with this, this segment. I love a podcast when I'm fully prepared and lots of audio. It's so much fun. When I'm not prepared without a bunch of audio... Those podcasts suck, but they're supposed to suck because if you're not prepared, your show sucks. Just ask Talk Radio 102.3. Oh, I forgot to turn the filter on. It actually slipped through there. All right, so this is from the Washington Post. This was from a week ago, these hearings. FBI agent Peter Strzok sat before two House committees for 10 contentious hours as Republican lawmakers accused him of partisan bias in his work in the FBI. Observers of all political stripes derided the hearings as a made-for-TV spectacle rather than a serious congressional inquiry. Even Representative Trey Gowdy, which we'll hear from shortly, lamented on Face the Nation that the hearings are a circus and a, quote, freak show. Later on into this article, why is this happening? Why is this becoming more of a uh, television programming kind of get get to my constituents about how angry and how passionate I am rather than to the facts of the hearing as they used to be back, you know, whenever back in the day was. It says, first, consider the two committees that conducted the struck hearing, the House Judiciary and the Oversight Panels. Since 2001, the number of communications aides to these politicians 
serving on the Judiciary Committee increased, while the number of policy-focused staffers have fallen by more than a third. So what does this mean? There used to be about 25 policy-focused staffers for every communication aid. Now the ratio is closer to 5 to 1. 25 policy-focused staffers to every one communications aid. So policy focus is to make sure you're completely brushed up and keen insight as to what the policy is, while the communication is just to be like, eh, make sure you say this this way and you don't look dumb, right? 25 to 1 years ago. It's now in the neighborhood of 5 to 1. So what does that mean? What it implies, what it seems to mean, is that they're putting more focus on the communications and less focus on the policy, hence making the the content better to make it a better television program is what this article is 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 alluding to hinting at and ultimately saying and i'm pretty sure i'm on board with that that's not all that important to this conversation this is just wanting to get some of this 10 hours of of back and forth on this hearing and boiling it down to what ends up being in the neighborhood of six or seven minutes took a few minutes but we'll start from the top this is just a short clip from peter struck talking about his text messaging and just real quick what it ended up being was is that he had some text messages that were i guess because he's on his government phone which you can obviously argue is a really stupid move by him to have conversations on his government phone that are uh that he doesn't want anybody else to see but basically saying he does he does not like trump never has never will that's kind of where this is you don't like trump so you're on the fbi and you're on the FBI, that means you must be trying to uh, to you have bias and partisan nature to your work. That's where all this starts. Let me be clear, unequivocally and under oath, not once in my 26 years of defending our nation did my personal opinions impact any official action I took. This is true for the Clinton email investigation, for the investigation into Russian interference, and for every other investigation I've worked on. I'm also proud of our work on the Russian interference investigation. This investigation is not politically motivated. It is not a witch hunt. It is not a hoax. I'll get into it more here shortly, but a prerequisite to be on the FBI, to be an employee of the FBI, if that's the right terminology to use, isn't that you like the president. You don't have to like the president. Uh, you'll recognize this guy if you saw a picture of him from the guy who was berating Hillary Clinton for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours over the Benghazi hearing back in, uh, I don't know, three, uh, was that 2015, 2016, something like that. Really and truly kind of where these congressional hearings and panels kind of turned in to the television show. And he, uh, he, he, likes, he likes a camera. He's a re- Republican Congress member. From South Carolina, this is Trey Gowdy. You're eight days into your Russian collusion with the Trump campaign investigation, and you got another text from your uh, colleague, Lisa Page. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? And you replied, no. No, he's not. We'll stop it. By the time you promised to stop him from becoming president on August the 8th, how many interviews had you conducted? Mr. Gowdy, so two answers to that. One, with regard to how many interviews had or had not been conducted, I have been directed by counsel for the FBI not to answer that question. I don't recall writing that text. What Are you I denying you, writing the text? What I can tell you is that text in no way suggested that I or the FBI would take any action to influence the candidacy a- of Agent candidate Strzok, that, that is a fantastic answer to a question nobody asked. Yeah. Yeah, the guy loves uh, just being an asshole, and he's pretty good at it. And, you know, that's what his job in a certain sense is, and that's good for him. This guy's name is Daryl Issa. He's a Congress member from California, a Republican, and he asked Peter Strzok from the FBI to read a couple of his texts out loud. And I'm going to just go to go to a date and then ask you to read your own words. March 4th, 2016. You want me to read this? Yes, please. Yes, sir. OMG, he's an idiot. July 21st, 2016. Trump is a disaster. I have no idea how destabilizing his presidency would be. And again, you don't have to like the president. These are conversations with colleagues 
and friends amongst a cell phone text message. I would imagine that just about every asshole walking around would be horrified if the entire public got to read text messages that he or her sent to anybody in any setting over the course of any point in your life. Uh, Was it foolish to send those text messages of personal feelings on a government phone, on a work phone? Of course it was. Um, But again, the prerequisite, one of the prerequisites to be an FBI agent isn't that you have to like the president. You don't have to vote for the president. Remember that freedom thing. We're also we're also excited about. Right. We'll fight each other over freedoms. Right. He doesn't have to like the president and saying we'll stop him doesn't mean I'm going to uh, I, I'm going to abuse my powers to do that. I could say that we'll stop him, meaning we will get out there and vote and we'll stop it now. If the text message read, hey, babe, because in the end, that's what he's he's talking to some a colleague, quote unquote, that is, he was having an affair with, which we'll get to more of that here in a minute. But if he says, oh, hey, babe, I'll tell you what, I'm a big, badass uh, FBI agent and I'm going to abuse my power and I'm going to get this guy out of here. It ain't going to happen. All, you, you don't have to worry about a thing, babe. Well, if he says that, obviously, we're, we're talking about something different. That is not the conversation. Oh, and you know what? You know who else doesn't like Donald Trump? You know who else really actually, until they sold their souls and became the fake fraud lying assholes that they are? Oh, a whole bunch of Republicans. A whole bunch of Republicans don't like Donald Trump. If we Republicans choose Donald Trump as our nominee, the prospects for a safe and prosperous future are greatly diminished. We were not made great as a country by indulging in or even exalting our worst impulses, turning against ourselves, glorifying in the things that divide us, and calling fake things true and true things fake. Much of what he says is untrue. Uh, these things are provably untrue. I mean, just they're just factually incorrect, and people know the difference. So I don't know why he lowers himself uh, to such a low, low standard. And, debases our country in the way that he does, but he does. I'm going to tell you what I really think of Donald Trump. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. His response is to accuse everybody else of lying. And it's simply a mindless yell. Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing. The man cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen. After all, this is an individual who mocked a disabled reporter. Donald Trump says he admires Vladimir Putin. At the same time, he's called George W. Bush a liar. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Don Trump. Doesn't mean you can't be an FBI agent. Doesn't mean you can't be a Republican, either running for office or currently sitting in office. This guy's name is Louis Gormit. He is a con- uh, congressman from Texas, a Republican. And this is when this TV show really starts to get good. And you might get one of these throughout the rest of this segment. God damn it, I'm pissed off! And you have come in here and said, I have no bias. And you do it with a straight face. And I watched you in the, in the private testimony you gave. And I told some of the other guys, he is really good. He's lying. He knows. We know he's lying. And he could probably pass polygraph. Point. It's amazing. Mr. Chairman. No, this is my Mr. Time. Chairman, I'm sorry. I, point of order. Paused. This point of order. No. The general state is point of order. The, a member of this committee just asserted that this witness who is under oath and a former agent of the FBI lied. There is no evidence that I ask him to withdraw it. I do not withdraw it. He is not a member of Congress. It's not a violation of the rule. And just as you have been expressing bias through your members about what a hero there is not a single person on this committee who has ever characterized the a witness gentleman from Rhode Island. Gentlemen, it's my time. That's a gentleman from Rhode Island will suspend. God damn it! I'm pissed off. And you thought it was sorry, my uh, mic off. And you thought it was just starting to get good. It really picks up with Lewis Gormit from Texas. No, the disgrace Mr. what this man has done. The gentleman from justice. Texas will suspend for a there moment. There is the disgrace. And it won't be recaptured anytime soon because of the damage you've done to the justice system. And I've talked to FBI agents around the country. You've embarrassed them. You've embarrassed yourself. And I can't help but wonder when I see you looking there with a little smirk 
So, How many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eye and lie Whoa! to her about oh, Lisa? Mr. Chairman, this is outrageous. What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. <laughs> the very end of that was perfect. Do you need your medication? It's a total shit show. It's an episode of South Park is becoming our political system in this country. David Jolly is a contributor for MSNBC. He used to be a Republican congressman in Florida. This was him on one of the Talking Head shows. This was a terrible day for Republicans. It's a bad day for the Congress, but Republicans control the Congress. This was a terrible day for Republicans. We have seen throughout history very dramatic moments in congressional testimony, from Watergate to Iran-Contra, uh, frankly, to the VA healthcare scandal of three or four years ago. But those are matters of national policy. Today was more like what we saw, and I think Jill Weinbank said, the McCarthyism hearings. Yeah. There were hearings in the 70s called the Church Committee, and it was a, a Frank Church, Senator Frank Church from Idaho, who questioned a bit of the integrity of the intelligence community, he actually suggested on Meet the Press that if absolute tyranny were to come to the United States, it might be through the channel of our own intelligence agencies. That is what we saw today. This is a moment where the credibility of the House is on the line. Certainly international actors see it, but we see it domestically as well. Uh, I was sharing with you, when you get elected to Congress, an odd thing happens. You win by one vote, and they give you the title of the Honorable for no other reason but you won an election. There was no honor on my side of the aisle in that Rayburn hearing room today. None at all. Nothing comforts me more than listening to real Republicans speak candidly about the disaster that is Don Trump. I don't have a problem with a Republican in this country. I don't have a problem with a Christian in this country. I have a problem with lying asshole fakes from both those two categories. To put the wraps on this, this is kind of long. This is two and a half minutes long. This is kind of the final word, the last word, if you will, from former FBI agent who has was removed from the what is technically called the Russian collusion case. I'd rather call it the cyber attacks from Russia, but his last word, it's Peter Strzok. Uh, sir, I think it's important when you look at those texts that you understand the context in which they were made and the things that were going on across America. In terms of the text that we will stop it, you need to understand that that was written late at night off the cuff and it was in response to a series of events that included then-candidate Trump insulting the immigrant family of a fallen war hero. And my presumption, based on that horrible, disgusting behavior, that the American population would not elect somebody demonstrating that behavior to be president of the United States. It was in no way, unequivocally, any suggestion that me, the FBI, would take any action whatsoever to improperly impact the electoral process for any candidate. So I, I take great offense and I take great disagreement to your assertion of what that was or wasn't. As to the 100 million to one, that was clearly a statement made in jest and using hyperbole. I, of course, recognize that millions of Americans were likely to vote for candidate Trump. I acknowledge that is absolutely their right. That is what makes our democracy such a vibrant process that it is. But to suggest somehow that we can parse down the words of shorthand textual conversations like there's some contract for a car is, is simply not consistent with my or most people's use of text messaging. I can assure you, Mr. Chairman, at no time in any of these texts did those personal beliefs ever enter into the realm of any action I took. Furthermore, this isn't just me sitting here telling you, you don't have to take my word for it. At every step, at every investigative decision, there are multiple layers of people above me, the assistant director, executive assistant director, deputy director, and director of the FBI, and multiple layers of people below me, section chiefs, supervisors, unit chiefs, case agents, and analysts, all of whom were involved in all of these decisions. They would not tolerate any improper behavior in me any more than I would tolerate it in them. That is who we are as the FBI. And the suggestion that I, in some dark chamber somewhere in the FBI, would somehow cast aside 
all of these procedures, all of these safeguards, and somehow be able to do this is astounding to me. It simply couldn't happen. And the proposition that that is going on, that it might occur anywhere in the FBI, deeply corrodes what the FBI is in American society, the effectiveness of their mission, and it is deeply destructive. God damn it, I'm pissed off! What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. All right, so that's uh, the end of that, the audio vault segment. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is the guy biased? Did he do bad work as an FBI agent? I don't know. He was there for 26 years, seemed to have a pretty good record. Uh, amongst his peers and all that I'm, I'm just not sure what i do know is that the narrative the narrative the damn narrative is always always what is in, most important and so consistently off base i'm gonna take a quick break one more segment here if you haven't read the chattanooga times free press in the last 10 or so days maybe upwards of 14 days then the chances are you might not have heard of any of these stories I'll whisper again. For some reason, the Chattanooga Times Free Press is delivering the paper again to me, and I'm not paying for it, and I'm happy about that because I like the newspaper, so don't tell them, please. I'll be right back. This is a Stone On Air podcast. Just like watching the detectives. Don't get cute. Just like watching the detectives. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. StoneOnAir.com Stop the presses. Some people predict the future of newspapers. The end of newspapers is just around the corner. But that can't happen because newspapers and journalism protect all of you, protect society. We hold institutions, CEOs, and even your neighbors accountable for their actions. And especially in the world today, with unverified sources, questionable information, and really an abundance of information that is just of poor quality, it's the curated, edited, trusted information that rises to the top. And in today's digital age, newspapers and journalism matter more than ever. Extra, extra, read all about it. Me and that playboy in trouble again. Extra, 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 read all about it. I think that suburban newspapers in America have a very special role today in that they should serve as a forum for discussion and also to stimulate citizens, our readers, to action on their own behalf, to rectify the errors and to keep these suburbs growing in the kind of way that the quality of life will not be affected. Welcome back into the show. This is a Stone on Air podcast, a weekly dose for the 18th of July. Yeah, newspapers, man. I love them. I really do. I have a massive newspaper collection. As a matter of fact, I have, I don't remember how many I bought, 10 at least, maybe 15, maybe more, I don't remember, uh, USA Today is the day after Don Trump was elected. I have those in protective uh, sleeves, little plastic slip covers for um, the day after Don Trump was elected. I have 10 or so the day after Obama was elected. I have 10 or so the day after he was reelected. I have one from the day after uh, Baghdad Falls. Uh, lots of, more of them are, are geared towards sports, but I have lots and lots of newspapers. I love them. Now, I get it. There's, it's not really a thing anymore. I mean, it is, but it's not. I mean, uh, it, it's just it, it, it's not going to survive in its current you know, recycled paper setting for a whole lot longer. It'll last for a little while, but not not many more generations are ever going to pick up a paper at a newsstand or, well, there's no such thing as a newsstand, but you get my point. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, my friend that's a girl that's still a friend mostly, and she's still a girl, but she's not my friend that's a girl, except for every now and again, it's close. You get where I'm going with that. Anyway, about a, you know sometime last year, she was looking at all my newspapers and just thought it was the stupidest thing ever. She's 10 years younger than me. Just thought it was dumb. Why are you keeping this? Why are you keeping trash? Why are you keeping garbage? 
You want to read that article? You can pull it up on, you know, so-and-so.com. Like, it, this is just that generational divide. You just don't, you don't understand, and I don't understand you, and so there's no reason to really talk about it much because it, neither of us understand each other. And that's okay. I don't know who cares about that, right? But uh, this, this stuck out in my head uh, when I was putting this segment together. For some reason, we were texting, and I had just I had decided to cancel my Times Free Press subscription last summer. I had told, you know, we were talking and I said, uh, I was like, so what do you, I said, so I canceled my, my paper subscription. You'll be happy to know. And she was like, oh yeah. So what, you know, talking about money or whatever. And I was like, what do you think a subscription to the newspaper locally here, the Chattanooga Times Free Press, what do you think that costs? And she said, uh, oh, what, what is, what's the, uh, what's the text language? IDK. I don't know. Uh, 25 bucks. (laughs) I said, Try more like 125 bucks, And just like, OMG, get rid of that. Well, I did. Well, the other day, all of a sudden, the other week, the paper starts showing back up at the house. And that's happened before, actually, where it came for about a week or two and then it went away. So maybe it'll go away once they realize they're sending a paper to somebody who's not paying them. But I do love a newspaper because, oh, you can just go read it online. Yeah, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to skim the region section at ChattanoogaTimesFreePress.com ever. Not for free, not if I pay. But if you put that paper in my hand, I will at least skim it and then likely read it. Same goes for every section of the paper. I understand why people think it's outdated and has no use. I understand why people think it's still very, very valuable. Overall, you know how I think about media. So let's go. I went through and started grabbing. I cut them out and I put them on pieces of paper. And I'm just going to say, here's the segment of if you have not been reading the Chattanooga Times Free Press, you wouldn't have necessarily got any of these stories as we put the wraps on this week's Double Dose podcast. Judge revokes bus crash driver's bond. You remember the awful, what was it, Woodbury uh, bus crash from 2016? Yeah, Woodmore. Sorry, Woodmore Elementary School. This punk-ass scumbag, Jonathan Walker. Well, he got released on uh, um, on bond while he was appealing the sentence. So this is from the Times Free Press. Walker to stay out on bond while he appealed that sentence. But last month, Walker admitted to Nashville police that he had consensual sex with a 14-year-old girl a few times while staying in that city according to the criminal affidavit he was arrested and charged with aggravated statutory rape given a $350,000 bond as being held in Davidson County this is a guy that drove the bus like a madman and killed people watch what you're doing when you hire people to deal with our kids in public schools for crying out loud campaign spending sets new record total spending in Tennessee's race for governor hit 37.2 million the most expensive gubernatorial contest in state history. And it's going to be interesting to see who that is. All right, worst-run cities. The online financial website WalletHub compared America's 150 biggest cities to determine the best-run and worst-run municipalities. 1 through 10, coming in 7th, is Chattanooga, Tennessee. Who is just outside of 7th? Flint, Freaking Michigan comes in at eight. The top 10, D.C., Detroit, New York City, San Fran, Gulfport, Mississippi, Oakland, Chattanooga, Flint, Cleveland, Hartville, Connecticut. Best city ever, right? Tennessee to finish replacing guardrails deemed not safe. Tennessee has spent millions of dollars to replace nearly 2,000 guardrails that the state's top transportation official said were not safe. So there you go. Albert. Hunter White, who did the four, uh, the podcast on on Monday, who died here locally, a, a musician, artist, and all around just loved individual. This is his obituary from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Albert Hunter White played his final drum set on July 11, 2018, passing away too soon at the age of 36. Totally self-taught, Hunter was known as the go-to drummer on the Chattanooga, Tennessee music scene, having contributed his skills to many award-winning bands, including The Fridge, Digital Butter, Microdots, Amber Foltz, Function with a C. In addition, he brought his vibrant and energetic service to many Chattanooga restaurants most recently as an essential part of the legendary Tremont Tavern. State calls eyewitnesses in double homicide trial. A Chattanooga man committed double homicide in 2016 because he felt disrespected during an evening of partying. Yes, partying. 
Stephen Mobley accused of fatally shooting someone 22 years old and someone 23 years old and injuring someone 24 years old after an argument broke out about cleaning vomit during a night of partying at a Pinewood Drive address. I hope I never find myself at Pinewood Drive. Southern Adventist University. You know, if I was going to start practicing religion, I'd be a Southern uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Got a $50,000 grant from Luminia Foundations Fund for Racial Justice and 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 Equity. Is that supposed to say equality? It says equity. All right, here we go with the newspapers. For Racial Justice and Equity. Anyway, a project of Rockefeller Philanthropy Advisors. The grant funds a multi-pronged project addressing racial justice and equity. Yeah, it says equity. All right. Man, uh, let's see, regional. A man arrested in boating crash that kills two in Greensboro, Alabama. In Memphis, three former FedEx workers charged with mail theft. Decatur, Georgia, man convicted of drowning adopted autistic son. 44-year-old Leon Williams admitted to holding his adopted son underwater in a bathtub in April of 2017. That's incredible. Times Free Press wins six first-place awards. Here's an article on themselves. First place for best Sunday editions, best personal humor column, best personal column, headline writing, best single editorial, and best breaking news coverage. From the Times Free Press, mother accused of killing infant with drug-laced breast milk. An autopsy found that the baby died from a combination of methadone, amphetamine, and methamphetamine. The county district attorney said basically her breast milk was loaded with uh, drugs. And Walmart to sell 22-acre Harrison property two and a half years after buying 22.6 acres on Highway 58 to build another of its superstores. Walmart is giving up on the project and selling the property. Hartfield said Walmart is investing $31.5 million in innovations and upgrades of its Tennessee stores this year, including the remodeling of its Supercenter in Kimball. And this fall, the addition of a Walmart pickup towers at stores in Ottawa and Cleveland. Almost done. We see 37-year-old man, regional news, shot on McGill Road Friday morning. Man sentenced in Rome, Georgia to 25 years for producing child pornography. Atlanta real estate agent admits taking more than $22 million from clients. Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham tax preparer gets five years for fraudulent returns. Oh, God, I'm exhausted. That's it. That's what a small portion of what you've missed by not reading the Times Free Press for the last couple of weeks. That's neither an endorsement or a negative connotation to what they do. It's just, I don't know, an idea for a segment. And that is all I got. I've got all this trash that I got to go put in the recycle bin. Thanks, guys, for finding the show. Guys and gals, girls and boys of all ages, I certainly do appreciate it. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday. No clue what I'll be doing. I put a lot of effort in the last two shows. I'm a little exhausted and ready to sit back and do a whole bunch of nothing for the rest of this week. And uh, I really do value uh, the people who download this show and listen to it and lend me your ears. It is very important to me, and it is not lost on me that there are so many other things that you could be doing with your free time. And the fact that you uh, find this show and you listen to it, and a lot of you comment on it, and a lot of you uh, share it, on social media it uh it means everything to me so i gotta go i'm done y'all take care this is uh, the latest from leon bridges the new album i'm going on memory i think it's called good thing it took me a minute to come around to this because i didn't think it was my speed and i was wrong this guy is incredible listen to leon bridges and this song is so sweet i mean it is such a touchingly uh just perfectly harmless fun a sweet ass song. I mean, if you listen to it, you'll know what I mean. Oh me, oh my, I can't explain. She might just be my everything. Talk to y'all next week. See you bye.
might just 